regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. The public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. I would have been here sooner if the lady in front of me at the convenience store, I had to get a coffee on the way, didn't buy $120 worth of lottery tickets. Seriously, how long does this take? It was pretty bad. And judging, you know, the the convenience store right here near the house? Yeah. They have all the past winter scratch-off tickets. Yeah, like a thousand of them up there. Yeah, and like the maximum amount's $500. And like... So that woman just dropped 140, probably won nothing. If I'm going judging by what she was driving, she's she's won nothing. Is that why they call it a tax on the poor or a stupid tax? Stupid. Well, yeah, Dave Ramsey refers to it as a tax on poor people. And listen, look, if if like the big games get up real big, I'll pull with the you know. There's certain scenarios where to me, spending a couple. Me and Reverso actually talked about that a few weeks ago. There's a few scenarios where it makes sense to me. Like so y'all were having conversations without me. No, you were sleeping. That's not kind. Well, either way, I would have been here sooner. I'm sorry I interrupted. It took 20 minutes. Really? Was she scratching as he gave them to her? She was a big liberal, too. I could tell by looking at her dyke hairdo. And you know what? And then two more dykes walked in. They're this You live in a kind of a dikey area. Well, that's what happens when you live in Los Angeles. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. So anyway, uh, what else do we got? Welcome back to us. We took a week off, so... Welcome, yeah, we welcome to the welcome to the show, everybody. We had to go over to Ukraine and kind of poke some holes in some things. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, I did want to say that we had a nice uptick because we got the ratings that I asked for. And so, for those of you that didn't leave a rating, leave me a rating. So uh, five stars, preferably. In fact, you can go in there like you're gonna gonna leave one star, but just click on the five. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, how you do that if you're listening right now on uh, Apple. You click the three dots at the upper right, go to show, scroll down, because it's not right there immediately. It's like, I don't know, a quarter of the way down. There will be an option for a rating. Please uh, leave us a rating. And if you're feeling generous, leave us a review. Positive, please. Well, I've been in communication with these um, high school kids over in China, and we've been working (laughs) on this program where – Whenever anybody goes in to leave us a one-star rating, mm-hmm. it automatically changes it to a five-star rating. And he said that he's very confident he'll have it ready by the end of the week because his uncle's helping him with it, and his mm-hmm. uncle runs old, the runs the Dominion voting machines. Boy, bien. Well, we did get a one-star review thanks to an argument I got in on True Social with some bimbo. She's probably listening, and if you are, you can go for yourself. <laughs> oh, that's the lady that made the donation to Project Veritas. No, that was me. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different person. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got to stay off True Social sometimes. Maybe okay. just block, block, and ignore. Perhaps you can find us on True Social Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. You can email us info at bcblpodcast.com. It Seems like there was something else I needed to say. I didn't make any notes. <clears throat> It'll come up later. You'd think after two years you don't need notes. 
I'm a little upset today. All right, Coolio died. Coolio? On the toilet, I think. Uh, I had an uncle that died on the toilet, and he had a syringe in his arm. I don't. I think Coolio may have just been having a growler. What's a growler? Come on. I'm serious. What's well, the la- ladies that are listening might not know what a growler is. Like, <laughs> Reverso seems to know because he's laughing. Do you know what it is? I, can only I, I guarantee you where, where he works, because so he works for a, a large automotive manufacturer and, and like their temps constantly through the public restroom there. And so, I mean, how many people would pass through that restroom in a day's time? Hundreds. Yeah. And so like if you're just- At Mercedes Benz? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so if you're in there taking a leak, like that's a growler. Oh. I mean, everybody's heard once they've been in a truck stop. At least dudes. I don't know if women do that or not. Uh, no. We... Has your wife ever had a growler? <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard your wife having a growler? <laughs> he likes it. I, hey, I tell you this. It looks like it looks like he may have. Yeah, because he's his glasses are off. He's wiping the tears from his eyes. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I bet if you went in the women's restroom, you'd hear. And I have heard that women's restrooms are like way nastier than men's restrooms. Which hey, I tell you what, I have daughters. Their bathrooms are dirtier than the garbage can. My at BFI than my bathroom or my brother's bathroom ever was growing up ever and i let them know that every time i go in there what do they say (laughs) no that's not true yes it is yes it is yeah listen we are on breitbart senate passes a stopgap spending bill with no dollars in ukraine aid three billion for biden's afghan refugees oh wait a minute sorry i misread that another 12 billion in ukraine aid (laughs) Sorry, my bad. Should have known. Wow. Is Bill Clinton on the ticket tonight? He can be. It's up to you. You know, he'd come out talking about how Biden was uh, making a mistake with all these illegals. I didn't see that. Yeah. I wonder what Hillary thought about that. He can't speak without, he can't speak out of turn without her approval. I think she was charging her batteries. There's some new book that went over the, the about her campaign in 2016, and and so you know you'll see them in the, in the news saying that oh Donald Trump said drink bleach not true, uh, Donald Trump said nuke a hurricane also not true, but they were worried in the third debate in 2016 that because he was quote unquote working with the Russians that he had poison on his hand that was going to make her pass out like that was a legitimate concern amongst her campaign, and I can't remember which which campaign member it is that's part of Biden's cabinet now. It's not Jake Sullivan. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, for as cockamamie as they try to paint everybody else, these these people are absolute lunatics. They're they're nuts, which that's obviously not news. But and then in the same interview, he was ridiculing these governors for busing the immigrants to Democrats to liberal right. strongholds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Democrat. Well, hey, look, which I mean, all they're doing is ferrying them to sanctuary areas so they'll be safe. It smells like racing fuel in here. I've noticed I smelled some alcoholic. Be- oh, what do we have there? That's a beverage. Oh, okay. Cool. Are you drinking vodka again? Straight. It smells like it. Oh, because you don't feel so well? Yeah. Is it knocking it out? Is that yeah. why your eyes are red? Does that work for herpes? <laughs> no, it's gone. Yeah. It burns uh, when you pour it on down there. So <laughs> it might be working. The Senate on Thursday passed a stopgap spending bill that would fund the government through mid-December, providing $12 billion more in Ukraine aid and $3 billion for facilitating Afghan refugees to the United States. We can just stop right there because 
I can tell you there is there was no there's nothing in there that will there there's no mention of oversight whatsoever for how that is that funding's applied. And so we've heard multiple stories about how that this stuff is being utilized and more importantly not utilized that only a minuscule amount is used to purchase weapons and then even uh, only a portion of those weapons see use over there. And because there are still people I know that that think that this is a good thing and will make excuses for this this absolute grotesque corruption because my my question would be in the immediate and in the long term what is what's the benefit for the American taxpayer here? Does, I mean, because I'm, I don't, yeah, I mean, I agree. There isn't one. Does any, can anybody put yourself in a different frame of mind to explain to me what might be beneficial about us dumping billions and billions of dollars into this conflict? And so one of the things that I did see this week is that Donald Trump came out and said that he would, would like to attempt to broker a peace deal in this, in this scenario to yeah. avert what he, you know, nuclear war, his words. And I've said for a while, well, let me, let me, let me just continue that thought he wanted to broker a peace deal then he, oh he could one of the things that he said was that america want the american leaders want peace i don't i disagree i don't think they do i think they've been extremely provocative and speaking what you you referenced the the pipeline that was they're saying it was sabotage yeah and you know biden had made direct a, a direct comment previously about having the ability to to take that pipeline out and so, how can you believe that they want peace when you so wantonly have a senile, corrupt, fifty-year politician that can't control his mouth? I mean, they they don't want peace. Like this is—they're extremely provocative. They're making a bad situation worse. And look, I'm not a diplomat. But I know this much: people that support this will universally agree that this wouldn't have happened if Donald Trump was the president, yet they still think that this administration is making comprehensive, good, sound, smart decisions. It can't be both ways. It just can't. And so then you have another group of people that think, oh, well, Vladimir Putin is benevolent. He's part of some positive global movement. No, like, neither are true. Like, they can both be bad. Like, there's no good guys in this scenario, in my opinion. Zelensky is is a corrupt, rotten scumbag. Joe Biden is a corrupt, rotten scumbag. Vladimir Putin is a corrupt, rotten scumbag. They're all bad. We don't need to be involved in this bad situation. Let's let's. But that's the thing: the American politicians are so entrenched in Ukraine, they're they're trying to maintain their money laundering scheme, whatever apparatus, multiple apparatuses they've they've had over there for a long time in the liberal media you can go back and look at the headlines for years prior to this invasion talking about how corrupt ukraine was until they weren't yes so i and again i, I just had a discussion with someone yet again this week about this very thing and it, it never goes well it, it's just weird to me how ideologically people have locked on to like this mainstream media narrative that that Zelensky is this hero and it's just like i said a few weeks ago if you're looking look at the historical accuracy of the media that you consume the people that are saying this guy is good are routinely wrong they have they routinely steered people wrong and this is accepted as universal truth amongst all mainstream media that this guy's great so is that because they've fed everybody as him being the underdog and that's a portion of people it, yeah. generally root for the underdog 
Yes. And they're but remember, not given the whole story. Right. But this little midget yeah. tyrant's the one that cut off all political opposition. Oh, I, He overtook yes. the, the media agencies over there. So now you have state-run media. Everything he's doing is what a communist would do, but they want to paint him in the light of George Washington. It, none of it makes any sense. And you would have to... You would have to intellectually deceive yourself to buy this nonsense. So it's almost like they're using that as kind of an experiment to see how well it works over there and then try it over here? I think it's just a combination of a lot of things. I, I think that, that certain aspects of that, have, I mean, especially from a manipulation standpoint, have been used here for a long time. Yeah. And it, it, I, I, it's the same as with COVID. It's with so many things. They lie, 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 but then people selectively choose the things that they want to believe. And a lot of it, it's based on emotion, like, it makes you feel a certain way. So, like you said, yeah, oh, he's the underdog. We're rooting. Screw that, dude. This this is a bad situation that that will take years to get to get ourselves out of because they have to be immersed in some kind of global conflict at all times yeah. but because there's money moving in all different directions. And make no mistake, they've never had any aversion to sacrifice the servicemen and women for, to, for, to war profiteer, period. You'll really see it tick up now because the economy is is starting to tank well there was speculation that was the reason they drew europe into the into this con further into the conflict over there anyways is to basically a, a transfer of wealth of sorts and there's again reports that they found one of these think tanks plan for exactly what's occurring now to cut off the energy from germany and basically sacrifice germany germany's economy to to prop ours up because of the things that this administration was planning to do economically that have been catastrophic. But either way, I guarantee you the the crap that the idiot box is telling you about this is all, it's not real. Like there is so much more going on here than you than we'll ever know for probably potentially decades, but it th- this will pay We'll be paying for this a long, long time from now. Uh, yeah, we'll never get it paid and for. And it's pointless. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. pointless. This Fiscally, serves no purpose. Yeah. Are we talking about the prime minister of New Zealand? I, I saw some headlines about that lunatic, but we can. I was just wondering. I saw, read a little bit about that. This kind of goes along with all this crap. What everything? Well, is she talking about the internet being a tool of war, free speech being a tool of yeah. uh, an implement of war? Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. just stripping them all of. Yeah. Speech. Yeah, New Zealand and Austra- Australia both, but yeah, New Zealand that that woman's crazy. Um, and then, of course, Trudeau. And her met up at the Queen's funeral over there. And they're talking about how their alliance is so strong. And, uh, yeah, and I'm just thinking. Well, he's not yeah. interested, I promise. He's not interested in that. <laughs> yeah. No, he might be interested in Macron from France. Yeah. I'm sure they could strike something up romantic-wise. Yeah, they could dig something up. And that's one of the things that's so weird to me, man, those those effeminate uh Small, small little twerps, dude, wielding wielding that much power. Like, you have no business. Like, because you're such a physically small, minuscule, tiny, snot-nosed little turd. I saw a lot of pictures from the hurricane. I, there was a, a video. I, can't, I don't know. Well, surely it wasn't a manatee. My wife said it was a sea lion. There's no sea lions in Florida, right? I know they released some there. But this thing's going down the sidewalk. It was insane. <clears throat> well, anyway, a lot of these uh, talking heads on the literal networks have a lot to say about the severity and the, and the uh, intensity of this hurricane because everything's political, right? Yeah. And so everybody's favorite MSNBC host, 
I mean, is it possible for this woman to get uglier? She gets uglier literally by the week. Speaking of a sea line, golly, she kind of looks like one in the face. Yeah, but here is Joy Reid. And that's the thing, like, boom, she's a meteorologist all of a sudden. I wish that this meteorologist that they're interviewing would shut up and let her do do it for him. Because obviously she's got a meteorological, is that right? Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. Degree. And he, and he should just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hit it. Now, again, by our good friend, uh, anchor Ali Velshi, who is in Naples. And, you know, just to pick up, I don't know if you could hear Bill, um, Ali, but, you know. I did, yeah. There is a lot that has changed about the earth that has made these things worse, right? I mean, these things are thriving yep. because the water is getting warmer. And I think when people, we stopped calling yep. it global warming for political reasons, but that's what it is, Can right? Our that? earth is getting warmer. and. We stopped calling it global warming for political reasons. When? Yeah. They, oh, they did stop calling it global warming, but it wasn't for political reasons. It's because the science and the data didn't back up global warming because it, that's not true. There, there was no long-term indications that the temperature was rising to the, to the way that they said that it was. And obviously it's cyclical. And none of that's even true. When did they stop calling it global warming? It's, they, when they changed it to climate change. When? That's why they changed the climate changes because what when, they were, when did they do that? Oh, I I can't even really, like a year ago, five no, years ago. It's been longer than that. Three I years mean, ago? I, roughly guesstimate eight years, really? eight, eight to ten years, give or take. That yeah. slipped right by me. Yeah, climate change, man. It's climate change now. That slipped so, right by me. Yeah, and really, can we get Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, whatever that little twerp from Germany? The Ger- no, Sweden. She's Swedish. Uh, Something. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Her and David Hogg can go eat a dog turd sandwich together for all I care. They can get one, you know, a foot long from Subway. Or they can get the party sub. You know, one can start at one end, the other at the other, and they can meet in the middle. Or, I mean, she would probably eat more than David Hogg, though. Even though his last name is Hogg, he's he's pretty spindly. I don't think he could eat that much. But then again, if it's it's dog crap, well, no. (laughs) Because a lot of dog crap already comes out of his mouth. I don't know. Anyway. Let's continue. Sorry. There is just no doubt, I think, left that it is feeding these beasts. Well, and, and what you where it comes out is in the intensity. The people say, well, there have been hurricanes for millennia. Well, that's true. Uh, but we, we sometimes get these ones that are so much more damaging and so much more intense. And then there's the complicating factor that in places like uh, Bill was just talking about, the St. John's River in Florida, Savannah, Charleston. Charleston, like Miami, gets water that comes up on a, on a good sunny day. That's climate change because water levels are rising. So on one hand, you have uh, more intense storms because of warm weather and the pattern that cause these storms to, to form. And then you've got greater damage because we've got a, a rising water levels. And it's, it's good that we talk about these things in the moment because lots of times in, over the years when I brought it up, people said, oh, now's not the time to talk about That's it. Right. Okay, now's pause, the time to talk it about it. I lived on the St. John's River for a long, long time. It's not, that's not, again, none of that's real. <laughs> no, and literally like on the St. John's River, I, I lived on the St. John's River a long time. Not real. Like, oh, it's going up. No, it's not. It's really not. Like, the tide goes out, the tide comes in. Which, the St. John's River, if I'm not mistaken, is one of only two rivers in the world that flows north. Out into the ocean. Really? Yeah, the other is the Nile. Yeah, but what he's saying is not accurate. That That's not, you know what I mean? And, and, and I wonder if he's even a meteorologist. Al Gore 
What, what did that right. stupid? When did that stupid movie come out? The Inconvenient Truth. Because I'm. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but dude, he was so. Dude, I mean, he was all in. Dude, we're going to be underwater. Like, New York is gone. It's just done for. Dude, yeah. Los Angeles, out. It's done. San Diego's gone. Baja, it's out. Florida, done for. Georgia's now Florida. He, he believed this crap. Yeah. South Carolina, uh-uh. Bye-bye. North Carolina, it's out. New York, gone. Rhode Island, mm-mm. Everybody moved to underwater. Kansas. Underwater. Yes. That, that's what he thought. He bought that. Dude, I mean, he was way into it. He was, like, he was so animated and just... Angry and George Strait had it right the whole time. What did he say? I've got oceanfront property in Arizona. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say, just tell these morons to do a simple little experiment at your house take a glass of water, fill it up maybe like a quarter of an inch away from the top with an ice cube in it. You have to have the ice cube in from the beginning when you start. Mm-hmm. When the ice cube melts, water level doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Oh no, dude! Because what? And I think their excuse for that is that there's land mass. Obviously, there's ice on top of a land mass that's going to come down. Then, then it's going to rise. See, I didn't get up there anyway. I don't know because I'm not a scientist. And neither are they. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to be one to make all these but, statements. But he also said every now and again you get one yeah. with this intensity. That oh, we haven't had any storms for millennia. Yeah. And you've never had the infrastructure in houses that you have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, the destruction looks like it's more. But how could you even quantify that when there was nothing there to really be destroyed? But, dude, Hurricane Katrina, that was 2005. And, again, going by Al Gore's estimation, New Orleans should be long gone by now, completely gone. If we didn't do and keep in mind, they've been doing this since at least the 70s. They've been doing this doomsday scenarios if we don't change our ways to basically transfer – transfer the money from fossil fuels to whatever they want. Obviously the, the green energy, that's all it is. Then we'd be underwater. If, we, if we, they've been doing this since the seventies, like we're all going to die. They're just going to heat up. The, the ozone layer will dissipate, disappear, and will burn alive and flood. And what's the purpose of them doing that? Is it their interest in that new green yes, absolutely. company? Yeah. Just that's so yeah. Like the Solyndra yeah. the, during yeah. the Obama years, it's, it, it's who probably, and, and again, I'm, I'm just, thinking out loud just one aspect of, of a multi-tiered corruption endeavor would would entail who spent what to get them in office you know what i mean so solyndra which solyndra i don't know i can't recall exactly how that deal worked but they went belly up that was a bunch of you know government subsidies that just disappeared and that was a lot of money yeah and i remember that yeah so and i can't remember but uh Kamala, who's not up tonight, surprisingly, so she hasn't said, well, I haven't seen her say anything stupid in the last two weeks. I know she said plenty of stupid things. I just haven't seen it. <clears throat> but uh, it was a deal they had with the, the uh, charging stations for the, the battery-powered buses, and her husband, one of her family members or somebody had a stake in said company, and they're getting government contracts. That's how all that works, dude. And that's the reason for a lot of this, but... Not to mention the philosophical aspect, dude, of, of control. So you saw in what was it, Calif- what, what state was it, Colorado, where they they controlled the the yes, Colorado the thermostats, the thermostats yeah. yes. which, dude, I said that crap for years, man. Like all this wireless stuff, it just makes sense. I mean, anybody with common sense should know absolutely. That. And so, the, yeah, you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't use your air conditioner, dude, because they didn't want you consuming the electricity. I wonder how they feel after that. Besides hot. I hope they feel enlightened and green. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's how they act. They're so pompous and arrogant because people like us would just be these knuckle dragon Neanderthal cavemen, like, start a fire and use aerosol cans. You know, that was Alex Jones. Let's start a fire and use some aerosol cans. That's my, that's my, does that sound like Alex Jones? Yes, no, maybe. I guess. I don't listen to him. Oh, well. Reverso? I don't know. You guys, I tell you what, dude. Let's put a poll up on this. So anyway, yeah, that's how the, that's how they envision us. But we're not going to get through this quick if we don't move on. So I know. But wait, it's good. We still have 13 tabs open. We'll see what happens. But we still have more meteorologists. This next one's really, really good. And we're going to double up on, uh, this is a two-for-one on Don Lamone. I, I cannot believe this dipstick is still, I, I can't, because they got rid of Brian Stelter at CNN, and but you kept this idiot? So, watch this guy. So, the, this dude is, I can't, I guess the other guy was not a I've meteorologist. I've seen him before. I've seen that guy in the blue shirt. Go ahead and play that video. This is Don Lemon with uh, a, an actual meteorologist on this one. This is an it ad. started with a spear. What was the whole story behind the spear? Can you tell us what this is and what effect the climate change has on this phenomenon? Can you pause that? I'm sorry. It's, it's a hurricane, Don. Climate change. Can, what, can you tell us what this is? This is a hurricane, you idiot. He should have said this is a tornado. And it's about to make landfall. It is a rain shower, Don. It's a tornado about to make landfall in Alaska. Well, it is in the Gulf. It's a sharknado. At a later time, I want to focus on the here and now. Can you stop the rapid intensification? Can you tell us what this is and what effect? Can you pause that one more time? Then start it over. Can you tell us what this is? Calm down, Don. It's not a man's penis. All right, I digress. I'll stop. I'll quit. Hit it. This phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico. But I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall. And that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eyewall and that should arrest development uh, so listen I just I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change but what what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying that's the question here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event okay. on the whole on the cumulative uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse uh, but um, to link it to any one event um, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, they, listen, I grew up there, and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to intensify. So this storm okay, is just, stop it there. it's a massive one. Its effects are also being felt. Because he got bitch slapped. He, he's the expert because he grew up there. Oh, yeah, dude, definitely. That is the qualifications to make the determination whether these are or are not intensifying. And just like that guy said, so... Joy Reid, and in, in that that was not a meteorologist she was talking to. That was another anchor. I, I was mistaken. And so the one meteorologist says that, you know, it you, you can't make that determination judging by one storm. It may or may not have an effect, which that's basically, I perceive that to be like, this is total bullcrap because it is. 
but that he wants it he wants it to be the, to be that so bad and what she says it seems they're intensifying it seems like it so okay well it seems like a lot of things <laughs> a lot of things seem like they're true that aren't like I, so according it, to this is but this is news right like yeah so according to Donnie boy's theory here the next hurricane we have is going to be even stronger even stronger than this one yeah because we're feeding these beasts joy reed said it it's a beast and we're feeding it look what he's saying is it's your fault that's and that's what they're saying it's your fault for being what i described like and i'm sure that being white has something to do with fueling these hurricanes because climate change is racist and we are the people that are causing climate change every time you fire your vehicle up you're causing this so if you had a tesla you would you wouldn't be feeding it Stop feeding it. Even we would be feeding it because we're getting electricity from the coal. That's plant not your fault, though. You that you can't be held responsible because you bought a Tesla, so it's not your fault. I mean, you, you get tried. carbon credits Listen, for that. No, you get an E for effort because you tried. I tried. I tried not to feed the beast. Yeah. Stop feeding the beast. That's why I drive a deleted diesel that rolls coal everywhere on Teslas. We got to move on. I'm sorry, Don. Nope, I'm not because we we got Don again. He's up next. Don, did he get slapped twice this week? This is a good one. Uh, Don Don Lamone gets a history lesson after calling for reparations. Let's uh, just roll right into this one too. It's his day in the barrel. I can't believe this dude's still on TV. But anyway, well, well, this is coming when you know there's all of this wealth, and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity, budget cuts, and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, a hundred billion dollars, twenty-four billion dollars here and there, five hundred million there. Some people want to be paid back, and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are. You know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. <laughs> it's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. No, you won't. You're Now you're lying. That like So he looked like a deer in the headlights, but basically that reminds me of some, like one of those, I think it was like a Guns N' Roses video and it was like a, a, a mid-60s Mustang cruising up like a mountain, and then it just it didn't make a turn and went right off the cliff. He didn't see that curve. <laughs> and he, he thought he was good. Oh, he went airborne. He crashed and burned. If we had a sound clip on the board from Mortal Kombat, flawless victory. Finish him. We need that. So because 
about three quarters of the way through that, we could have finished him and then boom, shoot him. And then it'd been the flawless victory. Is that one that we could reuse? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get flawless victories daily. Everybody that listens to this knows that. Really? (laughs) Okay, we'll take a break on Don Lemon. What do we got next? Yeah, Buford made reference to this earlier. We're back on Breitbart. White House gaslights reporters after Biden searches crowd for dead congresswoman. Quote, not all that unusual. So I don't have the video of the uh, Karine Jean-Pierre saying these things, but we'll play the video first of Biden looking for this woman that's not there because uh, she's uh, pushing up Daisy. So We got to get better sponsors. Hey, that's one thing that I was going to say is that we, and this is what I was thinking of earlier, and if I don't say it now, I'll forget, is that we we routinely get like uh, legitimate like individuals asking to be on our podcast, and sometimes we'll get like their agents asking to be on our podcast because we've grown so much in the last six months, and it, our numbers continue to go up and up and up, X, Y, and Z, and we're kind of selective about who we want to be on here, and... So if if you, if people have ideas for a guest that they'd like to have us to have on, send us an email. What you like? Because we like a lot of authors and just a, like a wide variety of people that want to come on here, and we kind of like to do what we've been doing. But tell us what you think. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like if we want to, if you want to switch it up and hear us interview more people, which we had interviews on here before, and obviously we'll continue to do those. But yeah, because we went through a, a phase and had. A few, yeah. like, but nothing's really struck my fancy of the people that have messaged us, and we really haven't been in a, in a mode of reaching out to people here lately. Like, but I don't know. Um, which th- there was one that I saw today that I thought was kind of compelling, and another person doing children's books that are uh, conservative based. Maybe we'll have him on. I don't know. And I would like to reach back out or or have the either Moms for Liberty or Undercover Moms on again, or both. Yeah, yeah, that would because be good. there's man, they're, they're, the schools are under attack, man. Our kids are under attack. Yeah, and and that's what this guy's stuff is about. But yeah, just spitballing because it just jumped in my jumped in my head. But anyhow, here is uh, resident Biden uh, looking for a deceased colleague. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Yeah, dude. And, and not that this is news to anybody that's listening to this show, but this dude is so far beyond done for. So Rep. Jackie Walorski died in a tragic car accident in August, but White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre refused to explain why Biden said what he did after the video of the moment went viral on social media. Quote, The president was naming the congressional champions on the issue and was acknowledging her incredible work, she said, during a daily press briefing at the White House. Of course, she was on his mind. She was on top of mind for the president, which this is the phraseology she continued to go back to. Jean-Pierre said that Biden planned to meet with members of Walorski's family on Friday to sign a bill renaming a Veterans Affairs Clinic in her honor and that she ha- that she happened to be on his mind. Several other reporters asked Jean-Pierre to explain the president's comments, some appearing incredulous at her response. Quote, I think the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think she is living and in the room, one reporter asked. I don't find I don't find that confusing, Jean-Pierre replied. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have people top of mind, they are top of mind, exactly that. 
when a reporter tried to ask her again and by about Biden's statement, she said she did not understand why they kept asking about his comments. Quote, I'm not sure why. Why? Why one more time, she asked. Asked whether Biden was confused or misread the teleprompter, Jean-Pierre appeared indignant. I mean, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions, she replied. No, but I, I'm answering the question. You're jumping to a lot of conclusions. I just answered your question. If that had been the case, I would have stated that. No, you would not have stated that. The, the guy is completely done for and absolutely unequivocally senile and is suffering from severe dementia. And there's another thing this week where uh, the hell of a doctor, Jill Biden, had to guide him and point him off stage. It's, it's just pathetic, dude. And that's the thing, man. If you were going to steal an election, could you at least put somebody up there? That was one of the things like, dude, I detested Barack Obama. He's an awful president and a terrible person, and he had horrific policy, and he's a communist uh, dirtbag. But, you know, you didn't see him around Washington for 50 years lying through his teeth. Like, that made it, to me... That's a little more palatable than this dude that's lied and li- been caught, admitted to lying, then brought the same lie out for another two decades. Completely bona fide, busted, corrupt with his son. It's uh, and not to mention all that, and plus the guy's brain is gone. Yeah, and I mean, which he was never that smart to begin with. Yeah. It's just, it's so insulting, dude. This is such a sad state of affairs for our country. This is such an awful situation, but hopefully it'll be rectified soon. Yes, hopefully. Oh, speaking of that, this is another good one from him this week. So tell me what you think about this. You just give it a listen. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. (laughs) We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway... This woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway, huh. that's disturbing. Was that a Freudian slip? Or I mean, you can play it again and see if you can determine yourself. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was twelve. I was thirty. But anyway. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate, but guess who's he talking about? I have no idea, but I, I know that guy on the back left in the green. He's dressed like a woman or something. Yeah, that guy, man. Because this is like uh, teachers. This is a teachers' union. If that guy doesn't have groomer pedo written all yes. over him, I'm freaking Santa Claus, dude. I know it. Yeah, so look, and that's the thing, man. Look at all those re- reject losers too. <laughs> like, man, I would not feel safe with it just looking at those people absolutely judging a book by its cover because I can do that especially when it comes to liberal wackos none of them will be able to teach my kid no absolutely not what about you Reverso uh, no. listen somebody was asking about Reverso the stories that you told last week and Reverso wanted to try to redeem himself would you what, like to take gonna... would you like to take the opportunity now to clarify what actually happened <laughs> He took issue that one flower planter. I thought he you said, meant he was going to try to back out of the driveway really fast tonight. Well, hey, we can put it on our Rumble channel. Yeah. There's no way I'm letting him do that. I have things in the driveway. Okay. I'm kidding. Yeah, I just say I have one off the driveway. Did not, <laughs> not hit any plants, not damage any concrete. Well, are you sure about that? I'm sure. Uh, hey, listen, dude. <laughs> I but know what I saw. It is dark in the mountains with no lights on this driveway, and it's a 
winding eight football fields long. So it, it's, <laughs> it's hard. <not> winding. <laughs> it's hard to get out. No. Right? no. No. None of that's real. Captain Reverso. Listen, that's Captain Reverso for you, folks. You're welcome. Is that is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, I do have it on film. And if enough people ask us, we can put that on our Rumble channel. Yeah, but then they'll also see that it's actually not winding, that it's a straight shot. <laughs> well, we could maybe photo. I would it. not let Captain Reverso back up my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably give it a virus. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, if if you fell down, I wouldn't let you back up. That's how bad he is at backing up. So, I'm sorry. So, thank you for tuning in and listening. This is Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast, and you can find us on True Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast, and you can email us info at bcblpodcast.com. Find us on the web at bcblpodcast. Since you are the only one with an iPhone, why don't you go ahead and pull that up and tell people how to leave us a review? Let's see. I mentioned this earlier, and I did it last episode. So, if you're listening, um, and the if you've got the podcast up in the screen, so if, if you're listening, all you have to do is click on the picture of our podcast. There's three, I said at the top, there's three buttons at the bottom, the three dots, rather, on the bottom right. On some phones, they may be at the top. Click that, and then you'll see on the menu, go to show. And then all you have to do is scroll down. And some phones, depending on what what uh, update you have, you may have to go further than others. <clears throat> and you'll see right there ratings and reviews. And so you can uh, just hit, there's like five stars. Don't hit one star, two, three, or four. You got to hit that fifth star. So, because uh, some, um, man, I'm really having to temper my uh, language here. Some nice person left us a one-star review because of an argument on True Social. And all I was saying is I was confused about people like who who got the vaccine. The, the people that got the vaccine to keep your job, I have a hard time understanding why people, you know what I mean, that frame of mind. And, and what I had said was, um, she was really mad about the, the verbiage I used. It's probably not even a woman. Yeah. It's probably a biological male. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it, I tell you what, like, she, it, she, like there was a picture of a female for the, uh, you know, their, you know what? I don't want to be mean. Screw it. It's the avatar. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like it's, it's. It was it, that sea lion from Florida, wasn't it? No, it was whatever, man. It, it, petulant people do that. That can't defend their positions. Just like they, they lash out. Like man, all I was saying is, I don't understand how people reconcile in their mind. If you did not want this shot, I would not have sacrificed. I would have sacrificed my job to not get that shot, and I would have done it ten times out of ten. That's all I'm saying. And and um. Again, there was something that, about the word, the words I used. She took like great issue with because she thought it was disparaging. And dude, I and I'll reiterate, I just don't get it. If you didn't want it, and and now with the benefit of hindsight, what was the right decision? The right decision was to reject that. If you did not want it, if you only got it to keep your job, I I just can't wrap my head around it. Like, does that make sense, or am I just a crazy person? No, that makes sense. I, I was at the chiropractor and this week and and um i was talking to her and she said somehow the the subject of that come up of the shot come up and she said i i don't call it a vaccine she said i call it a shot and she said you can't call it a vaccine if you have to 
redefined the definition of a vaccine. And she said, my husband has a lot of health issues and the doctor recommended that he get it and he got it. And a few weeks later he had a stroke in the driveway. And I said, is he having clotting issues? And she said, yeah, he is. And he's on Paxil and some other stuff for clotting. And well, Did you tell her to listen to that last episode? I sent her the article and the podcast stuff. Did you tell her to leave us a five-star rating? I took her phone and did it. Excellent. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Sometimes you just got to go beast mode on people. And then I spiked it like I just scored a touchdown. Even better. Yeah. And then I thought, man, how's she going to listen to the podcast? <laughs> Get on your browser, lady. Yeah. Doc. Anyway, didn't you say you something about COVID? Yeah, I just thought we were going to do it. That's fine. Different. That's fine. Okay, cool. Is that what? Do you have COVID again? Is that no, what's wrong? No, you sound a little stuffy. Never had COVID. It sounds a lot stuffy. I got a sinus infection. You know, the weather changes so bad up here in the Northwest. It's true. It's just it's crazy. I know it just rains all the time. The temperature swing is brutal. It's but man, the coffee change, is nice I mean, up here. I get the chills just thinking about it. It's climate change. All I can say. <laughs> well, it's global warming. Yeah. Dude, we've been just feeding this beast. This monstrosity it's monstrosity. Testicle warming. It's so scary, this beast. It's like a velociraptor mixed with a badger mixed with a uh, wolverine. That's pretty scary. And a tornado, obviously. It's a beast. Yes, Don, it Don, is. Don Lemon said so. Actually, that was Joy Reid. Listen, we're not done with Joe Biden yet just because this is comedy gold. This is... Uh, <laughs> dude, if you, if you thought the last one was bad... Ah, this is Biden with his arm around Elton John. I don't even know what event this is at, but uh, we'll let it speak for itself. Hit it. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. He's a fag. And he claps because you can tell he's confused. He's like, what the? Uh, He's like, what is he about to say? His mouth is open like he's just met a new guy. And and he's like, what's he about to say? Play it again. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. He's a fag. Yeah, hey, thanks, James Goodluffini. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wonder how all the other taxpayers feel about that. Six billion dollars mm-hmm. to fight AIDS, HIV. I think that you could fight it the same way that they were saying you could fight monkeypox, just so, not, uh, you know, being not, gay. Yeah, that. Maybe if, yeah. Man, so hang on a minute. That was $6 billion, and then there was another $12 billion for Ukraine. Plus $3 billion. That's just for this week, by the way, on the Ukraine thing. Plus $3 yeah. billion for Afghanistan. Three Afghanistan billion. and Lannies. Yeah. So that's $21 billion. Mm-hmm. Man. Dude, but you, you didn't listen to Kamala Harris a few weeks ago when she said... That the way they're doing the budget with the green stuff, we're saving so much money. We're money ahead, dude. All right, that's it. I, I've I've got to get some government contracts. You just don't understand economics like Kamala does. No, I don't. No, so, I mean, I got to start a foundation. 
and I don't know if we talked about this or not, but like the way when she talks, she's always saying in terms of, in terms of this, in terms of that. I don't know that I've said in terms of on this show ever in two years. You just did three times. Well, yeah, obviously. What are your terms? My terms are five card draw, five card draw, jacks are better open. I don't know. I have no idea what my terms are. I don't have any. My terms are, oh, my terms. My, oh, uh, them, they. Yeah. Cheesecake. That's my pronouns. <laughs> What's next? Oh, this is some serious stuff now. And we are back on the Epic Times. And this is uh, expounding on what we talked about from Conicoa the Great's Substack a few weeks ago with the Conic voting machines. And so, federal judge issues temporary restraining order against group involved in 2000 Mules documentary. Federal judge has temporarily restrained a Texas organization involved in the documentary 2000 Mules from accessing any more Connect computers and ordered it to provide information on how it was able to tap into the company's network. Connect is a Michigan-based elections logistics company founded by Eugene Yu. We know that already. Quote, the temporary restraining order is in the public interest because it is in the public's interest to enjoin conduct that the United States Congress has found to be unlawful to prevent the disclosure of personal identifying and banking information, and the TRO would, in fact, benefit the public's expectation of integrity in the U.S. election process, U.S. District Judge Kenneth Hoyt wrote in his September 12th order. Connick sued True the Vote in the Houston Division of the Southern District of Texas on the same day the TRO was issued, alleging that True the Vote President Catherine Engelbrecht and board member Greg Phillips violated the Federal Computer Fraud and Abuse Act while defaming you. Defendants are in business to capitalize on their claim that the 2020 presidential election was stolen, wrote U's attorney Constantine Pamphilus in the complaint. Defendants most recently capitalized on their claims of election fraud through their involvement in the production of a so-called, quote, documentary titled 2000 Mules. 2000 Mules claims that significant fraud occurred in the 2020 presidential election. Conservative commentator Dinesh D'Souza, who directed the documentary, is not named as a defendant in the lawsuit. The complaint further alleges that TTV intentionally, repeatedly, and relentlessly attacked you with a unique brand of racism and xenophobia with accusations that you and Connick employees are Chinese operatives. Quote, the truth is that Connick is a U.S. company founded and operated by a U.S. citizen who has no affiliation with the Chinese Communist Party whatsoever. I, that, I, would, I would submit and refer you back to the link in our previous episodes of the Conoco of the Greats substack where they paint a very clear picture of what those connections yeah. are and are, are not. And they send all the information back to Wuhan. Their own websites prove those connections, so... All of Connect's customer data is allegedly secured and stored on protected computers located within the United States. However, Judge Hoyt wrote in his order that TTV was able to gain unauthorized access to and gain information from Connect's protected computers. Quote, this order is executed ex parte and no notice was required to be given to defendants or their counsel as there is a risk that defendants could publicly release the information stolen from Connect or otherwise destroy the evidence establishing their misconduct, Hoyt stated. So what do you make of that? It's just crazy talk. It's like nothing nothing surprises me anymore. Everybody's in on it. And it's like my my cousin was asking me two days ago about the election up in Pennsylvania. He said, how can this guy that's had a stroke and can barely put a sentence together be winning? Oh, in, in Pennsylvania? Yeah. And well, he, the latest polling indicates he's, he's tanking hard. 
Ah, oh, well, he had said the latest one was saying otherwise. But I said, man, it, it – because everybody says it don't matter anymore. I mean, really, it's almost to the point where it really don't matter anymore. Because my exact words to him were, it don't matter what the polls really say. What I believe is that if if he's not legitimately winning, then they'll steal the election. I really believe they will. Because if they can steal the election for the highest seat in the land and get away with it two years later, there's no repercussions. Why would they stop now? And why would they stop for anything less? If they can do it for the presidency, why wouldn't they do it for senators? Why wouldn't they do it for congressmen? Why wouldn't they do it for judges? Why wouldn't they do it for mayors? Why wouldn't they do it for anybody they want to? Mm -hmm. And do they have complete control? Uh, well, I think it's regional. You know, it depends on the leadership in, in, in any given area. It depends on the surveillance and, and how close uh, how close organizations and citizens are watching. And so we talked about in Arizona with Kerry Lake and what True the Vote's done, establishing a network with the sheriffs. That's nationwide. But uh, Kerry Lake, they, I, I, I believe, my personal opinion is, that the – establishment they they wanted the Republican Party wanted their establishment Pence endorsed shill in that Republican spot Carrie Lake won granted it, it had the appearances to me in my opinion that they tried to cheat because it was delayed it was the same thing we've seen before Carrie Lake won so now when it comes to the, like it she's polling very well for the general election they know that it's Arizona is going to be one of the places where at this point, Again, in my opinion, it's going to be difficult to cheat, and it's going to be easy to get caught. I think the people of Arizona, as a, uh, overall as a whole, are paying close attention because they know bad things occurred there. I think same thing in Pennsylvania, but I think Pennsylvania is different. I think it's a different different demographic. I think the the uh, the long term Democrat corruption mechanism is well rooted there, in my opinion. I mean, so. I think it would be regional. So I think Kerry Lake can and will absolutely win in spite of what they want to do in Arizona. Uh, obviously, Florida has their stuff together. And so in a worst-case scenario, it might it, it, it might require patriotic people that are, that are tired of corruption to move into a place that has a better reign and, and, and more control over that corruption and they can hold their, their government more accountable and, and has more transparency like what they're trying to do in Arizona and they've to some degree done in Florida. And that doesn't mean anybody is immune to it because they're not. It's one of the areas, and as Americans, you're supposed to do it civically in, in, in all realms anyway, is to stay vigilant. And, dude, there's a reason for all of this. I could go on for hours and hours and hours. It's incumbent of American people to, to, to not be complacent. That was never how we were supposed to be. The government greatly benefits. We've, and to reiterate, we've, we've discussed this in a variety of ways over the, the years here, but now more than ever, when you see all the crazy things, all the sick things, it's like when you have a dog. Do you want a dog that is disobedient, that craps in the floor, pees in the floor, bites people? Does anybody want that dog? Anybody. They don't. You want an obedient dog because an obedient dog is easy to deal with. It's easy to control, and it'll do what you want it to do. And that goes for anything, obedient children, X, Y, and Z. 
people don't like unruly children. People don't like rebellious children. The government is no different. The government cannot afford to have a rebellious free populace that does what they want because that's not good for them. It's harder to control and maintain their base of power and their system of corruption when you have a free-thinking, free populace that has the ability to be rebellious. They've done a great job at quelling all of that, of taking away ingenuity, taking take, taking away entrepreneurship, dumbing people down, and making them controllable, dependent, and stupid. That's what, and, and this is the manifestation of that long-term work. Complacent, stupid people that live enthralled and entrenched in social media. That's, that's a big problem, and we've discussed it ad nauseum. So, again, in Arizona, I think you have a, a large contingent of people, and they're using social media to do that in some degree, our guest that uh, Andy used social media to win a school board seat. So it is a double-edged sword. There's ways to use it for the positive. But one of the things is, is to not, I think it's a big problem for a lot of people at all levels to become, in, again, enthralled, entrenched, and addicted to, to the way social media was engineered to be addictive a lot of people can fall for that. So the trick is, is to use it for your own, use it for positive and decline and do your best to stay away from the negative. But th this is all by design. This is the long way of saying this is all by design and people have to be constantly vigilant. That's I'll try to leave it at that. So how do you get past the cheating machines? Again, that's going to be a regional thing and you're starting to see pockets getting rid of them. And so even up, up like quite a few in Texas, uh, and I think there, there's been a few states, and I'd have to look at what's what, that have kicked them out. They're not using the Dominion machines anymore? Correct. What are they using? I don't know. But some of these, some of these smaller areas... You're supposed areas, to know everything about this. Why don't you know that? Hey, because this is not my day job. If it was, I would know everything. Because we don't have ratings. Exactly. That's why. If we had yes. more ratings, you I would be know able to everything. answer that question. Basically, by hitting the five, the fifth star, yes. you're supplanting intelligence into my brain. Yes. That's that's not true. I'm yes, always, it is. I'm always going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to be a redneck. Trog. So anyway. Yeah, I mean... The, and and look, uh, I, want to, I think it may have been Pennsylvania. I may have a story. Let me, let me look at my notes here. Hang on. Yeah, uh, we can skip and go to... Real quick. Nothing is real quick on this show. It, and it's funny because that, that I had a story in between this and that and then happenstance. This is back on the Epic Times. Former congressman sentenced to prison for stuffing Pennsylvania ballot boxes. So when you say nothing happens, it's, it's not that's not accurate. Nothing happens on a mass scale. And there's reasons for that, man. And, and I can't pretend to know them all. But to get into it just a little bit, just, and this is, this is long-winded, but it's good information. And this gives you at least, because you mentioned the machines, the cheating was multifaceted, which is, like I've said before, one reason it's so difficult to reverse engineer. And again, that was regional. So dependent upon the region, you, the things that I've seen thus far varied somewhat by region. There are several factors, and again, I can't pretend to know exactly what all those were, determine the type of fraud that was used. I, 
in, in my opinion, allegedly. You know what I mean? Despite declarations of, a safe and, of safe and secure elections, history shows the past Pennsylvania elections were host to corruption. For example, former U.S. Rep. Michael Ozzie Myers, a Pennsylvania Democrat, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to deprive voters of civil rights, bribery, obstruction of justice, falsification of voting records, conspiring to illegally vote in a federal election, and orchestrating schemes to fraudulently stuff ballot boxes for specific Democrat candidates in Pennsylvania elections held from 2014 to 2018. Myers was... Go ahead. 2014 to 2018. Correct. So that goes back to like what we've been saying, that this has been going on Absolutely. Long before. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without yes. a doubt. And so that's the thing. You can say allegedly, you can say that they're the most secure elections, and you can say, just like, again, when you're looking at the veracity of the media that people consume, mostly the mainstream media, the most popular quote-unquote news outlets, they're telling you this is the most secure of election they're the, of all time. 2020 was the most free and fair election we've ever had in the history of the world, the history of the universe, they say. So these are also the people that said that that vaccine was safe and effective. True or false? How many times uh, did, did, all, did Don Lamont say, the same guy that was just talking that dopey nonsense right there we, we saw earlier, how many times did he himself say that was the freest and most fair election? Because I guarantee I've seen him. I could, we could pull a clip of him saying it was the most secure, free, and fair election of all time. So I have a question about it. I'm still thinking about 2014 to 18. Mm-hmm. So they just caught this guy, right, in Pennsylvania? Or just? Yes and no. They, he, he'd been in trouble prior. Okay. So they were investigating him specifically about prior elections or were they investigating other elections what i'm wondering is why were they looking into elections in 14 through 18 and were they doing that in that specific area or were they doing well, it in other areas across the country i don't know he could he could have he could have made admissions in a, some sort of a plea deal i don't know for but we again can, leave five-star reviews so he can answer these questions well, well let's just get into it look man we all have full-time jobs Reverso don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Taking it from the top. Myers was sentenced Tuesday by U.S. District Judge Paul S. Diamond to 30 months in prison, three years supervised release, and ordered to pay 100,000 in fines with 10,000 of that due immediately, according to a statement from U.S. Attorney Jacqueline Romero. Directly after Tuesday's Philadelphia hearing, Myers, 79, was taken into custody. Myers served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1979 until 1980 when he was caught taking bribes in an FBI sting operation. That was part of an old completed investigation. Tuesday's sentencing was a new matter in which Myers admitted that he bribed Dominic DeMuro, a Democrat judge of elections for the 39th Ward, 36th Division in South Philadelphia, over several years to add votes for certain Democrat candidates. And remember, Donald Trump specifically in common sense would dictate that Philadelphia and Pittsburgh both were rife with absolute fraud because those are Democrat pocket strongholds. Some candidates' campaigns had hired Myers and others were were candidates that he favored. He admitted that he was paid consulting fees in cash or checks, then used portions of these funds to pay election officials to tamper with election results. This included judicial seats in various federal, state, and local offices, Myers also admitted to conspiring to commit election fraud with another former judge of elections, Democrat, again, another Democrat, Mary Barron, in the 39th Ward, 2nd Division of South, in South Philadelphia. Myers' accomplice was the, de- quote, Myers' accomplice was the de facto judge of elections and effectively, 
ran the polling places in her division by installing close associates to serve as members of the Board of Elections. Now, remember when you're hearing this, Stacey Abrams' outfits, the things that we learned in 2000 Mules about political activists stacking these election offices, keep that in mind because that seems to me exactly the method of operation they're employing here. Romero's statement said, Myers admitted that he gave his accomplice directions to add votes to candidates, candidates supported by him. Barron and Demereau were charged separately and previously pleaded guilty. How it worked. Myers told the court that on most election days, he drove Barron to the polling station to open the polls. During the drive, Myers told Barron which candidates he supported so she knew which candidates should get fraudulent votes. While the polls were open, Barron told in-person voters to support Myers' candidates and cast fraudulent votes in support of Myers' preferred candidates on behalf of voters she knew would not physically appear at the polls. The Department of Justice reported, again, we're hearing a lot of the same types of things that we heard in 2000 Mules and other in other investigations. Citizen investigations, mind you. On election day, Myers kept in contact with Barron by cell phone, monitoring the number of votes cast for his candidates. Barron told him how many legitimate votes his candidates had. If voter turnout was high, Barron added fewer fraudulent votes. Sometimes Myers told Barron to shift her efforts from one preferred candidate to another if it looked like his top preferred candidate was comfortably ahead. Quote, Barron and her accomplices from the Board of Election would then falsify the polling books and the list of voters and party enrollment for the 39th Ward 2nd Division by recording the names, party affiliation, and order of appearances for voters who had not physically appeared at the polling station to cast his or her ballot in the election, a DOJ statement said. Barron took pains to ensure that the number of ballots cast on the machines was a reflection of the number of voters signed into the polling books and the list of voters. After the polls closed on election day, Barron and her associates associates would falsify, falsely certify the results. So we're going to back up here for a second. Barron and her accomplices from the Board of Elections would then falsify the polling books and list of voters and party enrollment for the 39th Ward. So in Michigan, right after the election, when all these whistleblowers came forward, the so uh, what county are we in here? That was uh, Detroit. So, and I'm trying to remember... I can see their faces. So you had the election officials at these hearings saying that, you know, if, the, if what you're saying occurred, the books, you basically the, the, the voter rolls and polling books would be off. So I'm going to reiterate for the third time, Barron and her accomplices from the Board of Elections would then falsify the polling books and the list of voters and party enrollment for the 39th Ward by recording the names party affiliation and order of appearances for voters who had not physically appeared at the polling station to cast his or her ballot in the election. And so whatever their punishment was, I can assure you it was not severe enough. You should swing from a rope. That's what I was going to ask. What's the penalty? And not only for him, but these other election officials, what's the penalty for that? What's the repercussion for that? I'll need some more ratings to get you that information. Yes, we do. Lots of them. (laughs) And it's so... This guy was first caught 43 years ago. Yeah, uh, this story goes on. We'll have a link just for, I mean, this goes on and on. There's tons of information in here. Yeah, so it's like 43 years ago, and he's still in politics. This is Biden Jr. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. But the, the, so here's the thing though. The people have allowed it to get this bad Dude, you have corrupt people. And so that's the thing. Oh, it's so conspiratorial. Oh, everybody's out to get you. And I think Reverso said something earlier. They're all in on it. 
you know what? What that story just say? Yes, they're all in on yeah. it. Yeah, that you are all in on it. Because in this situation, in this particular region, in this area, just like I was saying, it's regional. Here, you are all in on it. All of you. The people that were supposed to provide those safeguards and transparency were crooks. You are paid off. And so that, again, the punishment, that will continue to happen into the, until the punishment for doing that is so severe, it will keep people from doing it. Yes. And my personal opinion is, dude, hey, I don't know if it should be the death penalty or not, but you shouldn't see the light of, light of day ever again. Throw the freaking book at him, dude. Like, you, that, that should be a 20-year minimum sentence, 20 years locked up in prison. Look, dude, if you juxtapose that with what they've done to people that strolled through the Capitol on January 6th, referring to that as a quote-unquote insurrection, so they're sitting there rotting in prison with... With no trial, nothing. Didn't somebody just get sentenced to six or eight years? I can't remember who, but yes. This week, somebody just got sentenced yeah. to six or eight years. But th- those people were threatening democracy. And and you see the hell they're going through. What If that's a threat to democracy, what the hell would you call this? What would you call that? Because see, the, but you notice every, of everybody in there was a Democrat. Those were all Democrats. And so I've heard people suggest, oh, we should do the same thing. Hell no, we shouldn't do the same thing. You should keep it fair. And because if it's fair, Democrats will lose 10 times out of 10 because their policies are garbage. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's easy to get to get confused and think that all this sexual nonsense, all the perversion, all that's popular. It's not popular. You're cheating. You guys cheat to win, and that's all there is to it. And again, that's that's nothing new. Speaking of cheating, look at this garbage. I think this might be the only Gateway Pundit story for the evening. No, I see three more tabs up there for Gateway Pundit. (laughs) Busted. Harvard attorney and TikTok influencer says he was offered $400 to make anti-Trump propaganda related to January 6th shows receipts. There's a video, so y'all won't have to listen to me read for a while. I was just offered $400 to make an anti-Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January 6th investigation that is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation and that she was willing to offer a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th. I said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're going to follow it. These are the specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th Capitol raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack on my country, an attack on America or Americans, a criminal conspiracy and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans. I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved. And most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agencies so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan. And I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen? 
So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston. If you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure, I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested, and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. They further cry that we are in an information crisis. And you know the crazy thing about all of that? They're right. Because they're making the crisis. So you, you combine what we just saw, which you could use a lot of that those bullet points and make them applicable to the story that we just covered on Epic Times. These people are rotten to the core, dude. They are absolutely evil. And I'll submit to you, dude, those same people that are behind nonsense like that are the same ones telling you that Ukraine is a positive endeavor that's benefiting us somehow. Although nobody can articulate or understand how that's helping us, but it's this way with everything they're doing. They control it all, dude. It's a syndicate. This is a gargantuan crime syndicate. It's disgusting. The Good Info Foundation. And look, man, that's the thing with something like this. And, and to, to toot our own horn, man, we've been doing this a long time, and we routinely hear that this is information that people don't garner anywhere else because they they depend on us to bring this kind of information because they're not – I get it, man. People don't want to do the hard work of sifting through alternative media. Alternative media, again, demonstrably has been more accurate than any of the hogwash you're getting anywhere else. And so if we can aggregate it for you here and make it succinct, we're happy to do it. That's why we're here. Thank you for listening. But, dude, the, the, if and dude, I would implore anybody if hey man started started a Rumble channel, do whatever, get immersed in the news and do your own bit to combat this stuff, man. That's what we're doing here. Like, is it not? <laughs> we're yes, doing our part to, to 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 be the antidote to this nonsense, man. Because they're relentless. So the Good Info Foundation is a five hundred one c three tax exempt organization. Contributions to Good Info Foundation are tax deductible to the extent permitted by law. And I'll tell you this, dude. I know people are tired of hearing this, but... Who's behind it? When people like this are asking for contributions, but you have people... Again, when you look at the historical accuracy of media outlets, what Project Veritas has done, people are tired of hearing it, don't care. They're awesome. And so they're sending out chain emails right now imploring people for donations. They're behind on their, their midterm work. And I would implore everybody, like I always do, if, if, if you're able and obviously willing, send them $20. Like, that, it'll, it goes a long way at combating stuff like this. And they have a great track record. We've covered so much of their work here. Unquestionable. That's a way to combat these people, dude. If you can't do your own thing, give money that people, to people that can it's common sense, to me at least, anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, it is almost time for the end of the show. I know this has been a little bit long-winded. I didn't account for this. But it's time for everybody's favorite segment, and we're going to kick it off with a humdinger from everybody's favorite weirdo, Bill Gates. This week, an idiot, cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job. Wacko. All righty.
when you bring me up there. All right. Bill Gates is, uh, I guess he's making his own corn, synthetic, altered stuff. I don't know. But, uh, again, this is one that you really have to watch. So, you guys are going to have to check the link out in our description while you're leaving us a five-star rating. We'll watch it and we'll cringe. I can guarantee you everybody here will be cringing. I'll cringe my uh, my head down all the way down between my shoulders. But, uh, yeah, he sings a little song about corn. Well, he's lip-syncing to children singing about corn. And that's the weirdest thing. This guy continually makes these ridiculous choices to, to seem relatable, but unrelatable, psychotic, domineering, power-hungry nut jobs are never relatable. Oh, perverted, by the way, too. Epstein Island. Alleged pedo. Allegedly. I didn't say that. Other people did. Let's hit it. I really like corn. What do you like about corn? It's How'd that make you feel? That's weird as yeah. beep. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's why he's buying up all the farmland. It's corn. It's corny. That guy's creepy. Oh, this one hurts almost as bad as Coolio. This is back on Gateway Pundit. Uh, drag queen Valencia Prime, who dropped dead on stage. Remember this? Me neither. George Soros. Oh, of course. It's so behind dr- the good information. Yeah, of course. And Reed Hoffman. And, and dude, like I said, man, I, I listed just a few ways of my ideas to, to combat stuff like that. And it, it not good. Even worse, Valencia Prime is dead. Are you going to be okay, Reverso? Yeah. As Gateway Pundit reported last Friday, 25-year-old drag queen Valencia Prime died on stage at the Taboo Lounge and Sports Bar last week. NBC reported... A Philadelphia drag performer beloved by the local LGBT community died Monday night during a performance at a popular gay bar. Valencia Prime, 25, was performing at Taboo Lounge and Sports Bar in the heart of Philadelphia's <laughs> gayborhood. What? Gayborhood. Oh, my goodness. In the heart of Philadelphia's gayborhood when, quote-unquote, she collapsed on stage, bar owner Jeffrey Sotland said... Quote, today we mourn the loss of a very bright and rising star in the performance community and a person. Are they really a rising star? No, they're not. And a person who was always full of love and positivity, the venue said in a statement on social media. We say goodbye to Valencia Prime, but we will not forget the light you brought to the stage. 25-year-old Valencia Prime passed away suddenly after performing as part of a drag show in Philadelphia last week, according to Shania Banks, an investigator of, I'm sorry, for... Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office, according to TMZ. A rep for Philadelphia PD tells TMZ they got a call about someone who had collapsed at Taboo Lounge and Sports Bar around 11.15 p.m. Monday night. They were pronounced dead just before midnight. We're told the cause of death were determined to be cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and obesity. What? The National View reveals Valencia was pro-vax. If you're refusing to get vaccinated or to even wearing a mask then you've lost the right to complain about COVID. False. Your refusal is just being fueled, added to the virus. Now even the drag queens are dropping dead on stage. At some point, the U.S. health officials and big pharma should be held accountable for their actions. Uh, you know what? I did. 
what's that? Um, who's that guy? The chicken picking guy, Brad Paisley. I'm gonna miss her. <laughs> Look at her chicken picking. Yes, yeah, the guitar style, the style of guitar that he plays. He's a really, really good guitar player. Really? Yeah, he's kind of a dumb lid, but he's a phenomenal guitar player. Yeah, and he's he's really? kind of notorious for the style of guitar that he plays. Oh, dude, he's legit on the guitar. It's ridiculous. Really? I didn't know. No, that. I'm lying. I made all that up. Yes, really. <laughs> you are uncultured. Maybe I'm too cultured. Possibly. Reverso's got you beat on the culture front, though. Oh, I know. He's got me beat on the sports front, too. It's true. What's next? Check out Matt Walsh's sting on Transgender Clinic that unveiled all sorts of disgusting stuff. This is on notthebee.com, a pretty good website. And so this is just a series of, it's like a, a, a Twitter thread. So we'll just run through this. And there's, uh, this is uh, Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. So this is Matt Walsh breaking. My team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt here in Nashville. Vanderbilt drugs, chemically castrates, and performs double mastectomies on minors, but it gets worse. Here's what we found. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, they must have forgot to delete a video from Vander Vanderbilt's psychiatry's YouTube channel back in 2020, which admits explicitly that they will give and have given irreversible hormone drugs to children as young as 13. Play the video, please. We can provide gender-affirming hormones on an individual who is on a pubertal blocker, depending on whatever kind of blocker they've chosen or we have discussed with them, or they can present to us at a later stage of puberty, and then we provide the gender-affirming hormones. Previously, the Endocrine Society recommended to start these at age 16, but we all know that would be delayed puberty, right? Not 16-year-olds don't start puberty. So more recently, they did update that to say as early as 14 for compelling reasons. So we have some individuals who have started gender-affirming hormones at 13 or 14 to be more like their peers. Again, fertility preservation and consent are very important to discuss prior to any initiation of these. After they have drugged and sterilized the kids, Vanderbilt, as explained in this video, presentation by plastic surgeon, I'm sorry, plastic surgeon Julian Winnicore and physician's assistant Shailen Vanderbloman. I see some jokes there. Will happily perform double mastectomies on adolescent girls. So when we, when we talk about the WPATH guidelines, so in order for our patients to really um, successfully undergo these surgeries, we do, uh, again, follow these guidelines. So a lot of times it's for insurance purposes, um, but we, again, insurance is kind of follow suit with the WPATH guidelines for the most part. So for any kind of top surgery, uh, we do require one letter of persistent, well-documented gender dysphoria by a licensed mental health provider. Um, we ensure that the patient is capable of making uh, fully informed decisions on the, their own. They're the age of majority. However, for a lot of our younger patients, um, again, if they are 16, 17 here at Vanderbilt, um, if they have been on testosterone, have a parental consent, um, we're able to do a lot of the top surgeries for those patients. On the, on the next in that series, Vanderbilt opened its trans clinic in 2018. During a lecture the same year, Dr. Shane Taylor explained how she convinced Nashville to get into the tr gender transition game. She emphasized that it's a big moneymaker, especially because the surgeries require a lot of follow-ups. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a doctor this week, and this subject come up um, about all this transgender stuff, and he was saying that so many of these doctors are getting in on it because it's extremely lucrative, extremely lucrative. Dude, that, that, that makes it, I mean, to me, that makes it even worse that you would 
I don't know how they can live with themselves doing that to young kids just because of the money. And so th- this is her talking about it being profitable. So, and this is about two minutes. We may cut that short, but. In January 1st of 2017, uh, according to the Affordable Care Act, insurance cover carriers are mandated to cover medical expenses for trans folks. Um, some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, sorry, October of 2016, starting a couple years ago, put down some costs of how much money we think each patient would bring in. And this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery. And um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Um, so female to male chest reconstruction can bring in $40,000. Uh, a patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Now these I got from the internet, um, but it's from uh, the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, which has um, does a lot of surgery for patients. I'm going to cut that there only because we, that, that number one, I don't want to continue to listen to her, her voice, but so that she, if you couldn't make that out, she was saying that just putting them on the, the therapy hormone blockers several times a year can bring the hospital in several thousand dollars alone on one individual, you know, on each individual and just how profitable it is. So already, you know, that the pharmaceutical companies we will use the vaccine and the EpiPen as just one example. I mean, Fin, fin, so many things that pharmaceutical companies have done in our lifetimes that were, were not healthy and didn't care because it was all about their bottom line. And so now one of the most prestigious hospitals in the country, Vanderbilt's nationally known. Is it not? Yeah, I've heard of it. And so and this is just one of the ones that we know about. So you, you'll happily not only physically butcher kids, but mentally warp them with hormone blockers and everything else and stunt, stunt their bodies just because you're making money. Like, and that's the thing, man. So for a lot of, so that's just one corner of this whole problem is that you guys will happily engage in this under the guise of, you know, philosophically agreeing with it, which would still be bad, but you're doing it for profit. You know, so ideologically like, oh yeah, trans this, trans that, and it will get it. They'll, they'll get into some of that. Let me, let me save the analogy and just continue. I don't, I'm, I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to I just rambling. wonder what one of these doctors reaction would be if they found out if their child or grandchild went somewhere else and did it without them knowing about it it's a good question so vanderbilt was apparently concerned that not all of its staff would be on board dr ellen clayton warned that conscientious objections are problematic anyone who decides not to be involved in transition surgeries due to religious beliefs will face consequences here's that one if you were going to assert conscientious objections you have to realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person, and you are not paying for the, the cost for your belief. I think that is a real, I mean, I think that's a real issue. So, um, so I think, you know, so you're, so yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to pers- uh, for participating in this sort of surgery, it, it probably have to accommodate you to the extent that, that you can find another person who can do your job, who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs, 
is not without consequences, and, and it should not be without consequences. And I just want to put that out there. We are given enormous, if you don't want to do this kind of work, don't work at Vanderbilt. Sounds a lot like the vaccine. It does. We're going to take your kids. We're going. To, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, because of your religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how is that not discrimination? A, a direct threat of discrimination. Because because of religious pretenses. Because you know, religious beliefs. They're talking about Christian beliefs. Absolutely. So oh, I guarantee you, if there's a, a if it come into Muslim. Not a snowball's chance in hell. No, there's no way they would say that. Not a snowball's chance in hell. Not at all. In case of objectors hadn't gotten the... I'm sorry. In the case the objectors hadn't gotten the memo, Vanderbilt unveiled a program called Trans Buddies. The buddies are trans activists from the community who attend appointments with trans patients, monitoring the doctors to guard against unsafe behavior as such as misgendering. Here's that video. Oh, that's nice music. Makes me feel comfortable and safe. My name is Sean Riley, and I'm the program coordinator for TransBuddy at the Program for LGBTQ Health at Vanderbilt University. TransBuddy provides trained peer advocates for transgender patients who are coming for doctor's appointments or other healthcare-related services. Whether you're looking for something that's related to medical transition, such as hormone therapy, or something completely unrelated, like breaking an arm or going to an ENT, we are here to help support any transgender patients that come through our doors. The TransBuddy program was organically created through the efforts of transgender people and continues to consistently be led by trans people in Middle Tennessee. The TransBuddy program is a one-of-a-kind in the nation, and institutions are looking to Vanderbilt to replicate and expand programs like ours. We're not seeking to find solutions often for people's problems. We're just seeking to be there and to accompany and to be a friendly face. Can you rewind um, that? We're not looking to, where she says, we're not looking to is a one-of-a-kind in the nation, and institutions are looking to Vanderbilt to replicate and expand programs like ours. We're not seeking to find solutions often for people's problems. We're just seeking to be there and to accompany and to be a friendly face. We're not Um, looking to find solutions? Well, this is a trans buddies specifically. So what they're saying is, you know, they're at the hospital to solve that problem. They're just there to to walk into the hospital, make sure nobody's saying anything negative, misgendering, or doing any of those stereotypically stupid things that... You know, they uh, like dead naming and all this dumb nonsense. So they're only doing that for so-called trans people. Correct. What about minorities? No. Why? Unless it's a black trans. Why? Because they're racist, maybe. Okay. And to be a non-medical face in a in a place where everybody coming in the room is going to be a healthcare provider and and may be unsafe. Sometimes I'm there to be um, sort of uh, always observing kind of how hospital staff are um, interacting with individuals and again, you know, using correct pronouns or treating the individual with respect. It, it literally makes my head hurt. Like, you, you, oh goodness. Yeah, so we're, we're going to leave that there. The, you, again, you can find a link in the description to more, like Matt Walsh's entire thread, and there's a there's a lot in there. Uh, and then we will finish. I haven't seen this one, dude. This she looks like a real brainiac. And uh, as always, we've got one thing at least from Libs of TikTok. There's that sea lion. Yeah, for realsies. And so uh, we'll uh, we'll sign off with this, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll break this down, and then we'll uh, we'll depart.
Hi, everyone. This is just a friendly reminder that if a fat person is talking about their own experience with the fat phobia, their own experience with their body, with their fat body, their larger body, their plus size body, whatever they want to call it, that when a fat person is talking about their own sh- their own experience, whatever the f- it is, that's not an invitation for thin people to insert themselves in a conversation that's not about them. Just so you know. Because when a marginalized person, yes, because fat people are marginalized, if you don't understand that, then look at intersectionality and the different intersections, because body size is one of them. Back to the point. It's not an invitation for thin people to just enter into the space of fat people to talk about themselves. No offense, but this isn't about you. And if you think it is, that's your own projection. Go to therapy and let go to the gym you know here's the thing dude i think it's really really out of line for someone fat to be talking about entering spaces because dude every time i go to the grocery store which is rare there's some fat person that's just fat riding one of them stupid scooters all up in the way i don't need to you dude like literal figurative whatever i don't need to hear about your space i couldn't care less about your space because listen you're tearing up the roads with your fat there's more wear into you're burning up more t- it's bad for the environment you're dude you wear tires out faster. You wear the roads out faster. You wear all of your suspension components out faster, so they're in the junkyard. They got to make more. That's not green. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you consume more air conditioning. You consume more food. You consume more meat. Breaks. Yeah, so you're worse for the environment than me, number one. Number two, because she's morbidly obese. She's not fat. She's morbidly obese. You're grotesque fat. Like, they pull you out of your, out of your house with a crane fat. All right? That's number one. Number two, let's... I would say I would say watch it again. I made I meant to make a note. You're trying to align yourself, and that's one of the things. Like, dude, blacks in America, the civil rights was real. Like the things that black Americans endured were that's real. Like we, you can never discount that. Now, does that mean that people should pay reparation all this? No, that's part of the history of our country. But black people were absolutely unequivocally suppressed in the United States of America. And it was a terrible thing. We can all agree to this, correct? Yeah. For you yeah. to sit there and try to align yourself, because that, that let's let's not misunderstand what you're trying to do here. You're trying to pretend that you're oppressed to that degree because you're fat. You can control your fat. You choose not to. Yeah, and you know what's funny to me is she expected to have all of these follows or likes or whatever, mm-hmm. and she didn't get them. Yeah, and and I think that it bombed. I think that uh, her um, her penchant for dropping the f bomb for emphasis. Yeah, uh, it, it's you're just it's fat, just so man. Crazy. Like, and and well, I mean, the thing is, dude. Not, uh, I've discussed previously this generation's like it's it's their Marilyn Manson types. What our generation do is gothic kids. Th- this is what they subscribe to. So, and, and one of these things that these people don't realize is. And me and you talked about this the other day because she looks to be high school age or maybe just out of high school. And I think these people are struggling with the fact that because you're just like with the Gothic kids, you were bum losers that weren't really good at anything, had a small group of friends, and you were odd. Therefore, it was the weirdest thing because you chose to dress in such a way, pink hair, piercings all over, dark clothes, stupid makeup that you would draw attention. Like, you, you made yourself look abnormal, but then when you got the attention, you would, you know what I mean? Like, what are you looking at? I'm looking at your stupid hair because you've made yourself look like a clown. And so that's kind of the same thing. Like, 
you guys have such a penchant for attention, like you do and say all these oddball things to garner attention, but then you pretend you don't want the attention. And so just th- this is just Marilyn Manson kids, gothic kids reincarnated, and it's really just these oddball latchkey kids whose parents probably never told them they loved them, and they you're rejected by males because you're fat. And, like, that's the thing, dude. You don't have to be angry because you're fat. You could turn that anger into productivity and hit a treadmill and maybe stop eating ho-hos and ding-dongs. That's too true for radio. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show. But that's too true for 